You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 13 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. And I am delighted to welcome onto the line it is Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. And yourself? I'm very good. I've had a mini break. A mini break? Yes. Where are boots? Do you, me- do you remember? Well, it wasn't abroad because that would oh, be right. dangerous. That would be. Um, but no, I went down to uh, Hale, actually, which is just oh, okay. outside of St. Ives mm, heard of uh, it. with my family. And uh, we had a very, very pleasant time taking in the uh, the Cornish uh, scenery. We visited many Poldark-related um, filming locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Um, and on Saturday, I'm very pleased to say that I managed to get down to Mausel. Ah, OK. We started off um, heading towards uh, Land's End. Uh, and I'm very pleased to report that there was a power cut, which meant that we didn't have to pay to park, um, which was great. Um, and then we had to travel to Penzance to get some lunch. And then after that, my wife said, well, what are we going to do this afternoon? And I said, well, I hear Mausel is a very picturesque mm-hmm. little, you know, village in Cornwall can we go and visit that and lo and behold there was a a bumper crowd and um it was uh yeah Mausel against Wales City in the FA Vars uh, a game I know that we'll be uh we'll be talking about and um yeah we had a very pleasant afternoon and a a lovely welcome as well I mean really lovely people um down there and um and it was you know it was it was absolutely fantastic so a very entertaining mini break and a very Western League mini break. There you go. What do you think of that? Sounds ideal. I was going to say, yeah, adds another one to the uh, the list of the grounds we've been to and whatnot. So yeah, sounds cool. There's those ground hoppers, of course, who you know at the top end of the game, they don't, mm. they, you know, they all starts off with the 92, doesn't it? But if yeah. you're a if you're a if you're a Western League follower, then of course it's all about the 40, and um, you know you can't do the 40 unless you've included Mausel. That's um, you know that's my um, that's my thought on that. Now, on this week's episode of uh, of the Toolstation Western League podcast, we won't take you quite as far as Mausel. We will actually be going to Exmouth, where we hear from Kevin Hill, um, the manager there. And um, we'll be also taking you to the very north, the very frosty peaks of the Toolstation Western League, when we go to Oldland Abertonians. And we hear from Paul Weeks, uh, the manager there, they had a fantastic uh, result in the in the bars as well. But we will kick things off with the fixtures on the 22nd of October. It's Friday night football. We'll start off in the Premier Division where we really did have a clash of the titans. Bridgewater United against Tavistock. Um, Tom, you're going to tell me all about the action, but I'm going to tell the listeners that 500 and 67 people watch this table-topping game in the Toolstation Western League Premier Division. Yeah, I was going to say that. Well, obviously, story on the pitch is, is important, but I think, yeah, to note that the, yeah, as you say, 500-plus on a on a Friday night is so, uh, helpful for some people in terms of attending, but to get that sort of crowd at this level is, is phenomenal, isn't it? So uh, that was the real standout from the fixture, but it was also a pretty good game, I think. Uh, Tavistock, obviously, league leaders... <clears throat> Having to come from behind to, to rescue a point down in Bridgewater. Uh, yeah, they've been pretty good form over the last couple of weeks, the home side. And it was they went ahead. Jordan Greenwood smashing the ball home 
uh, midway through the first half, so he put them in front. Uh, but they did manage to, to get back on level terms, I say, the uh, the away side. Uh, to have a stop, and it was Dan Coiter scoring his first goal for the club, uh, rescuing a point for them 14 minutes from time. So, uh, yeah, excellent uh, excellent uh, affair on, on Friday night in front of a huge crowd. And we'll stick with Friday night football on uh, going into the first division, where we had a Bristol derby, Longwell Green Sports, against Bristol Telephones. Yeah, and another 2-0 win for, for the um, Longwell side. Um, I think that, that was their result the weekend previously as well. So back-to-back 2-0 wins, so it's good good stuff from them. James Horrocks uh, scoring for the second consecutive match. Uh, he put them ahead from the spot. Uh, and then it was Jack, uh, sorry, Zach Cheatham uh, doubling their lead. And, uh, yeah, that's a, a good result for them. And I think it helped uh, leapfrog um, the phones in the, in the table as well. So a little bit of uh, local bragging rights for Longwell Green Sports. Excellent stuff. Now, we will move on to the meat and drink of, uh, of, our, of our podcast this week, which is, of course, Saturday the 23rd of October. And really, it was all about the FA Vars. Um, so we'll kick things off in Buckland, where the visitors were Camelford. Yeah, they were pretty fortunate in this one, uh, Buckland. Uh, an early penalty for the for the wayside was uh, was missed, and uh, Buckland took yeah, till, took full advantage. Third minute penalty that was, and it was blazed over the bar. So uh, yeah, fortunate a little bit for for, for Buckland, uh, but they did manage to yeah respond almost instantly. Ryan Bush rounding the keeper before tapping home to put them one up. Uh, Richard Groves uh, then had a penalty of his own. And he tucked it away, uh, making it 2-0 to Buckland before Charlie O'Hanson then wrapped up victory in the closing stages. So it's uh, Buckland to a fruit of the next round uh, at the expense of Camelford. The next game for us to review is Millbrook, and they were taking on Western League opposition in the form of Wellington. Yeah, slightly surprising result on this one. Wellington uh, running out 2-1 winners in the end. It was a late goal that, that won it for them. Uh, they had fallen behind to Joe Starring's opener. Uh, but then seven minutes into the second half, it was Josh Baker uh, swivelling in the box uh, before firing home to to make it one all. Uh, obviously, spot kicks um, was uh, yeah was quite prevalent on Saturday, but this and this game looked like it was heading that way. Obviously, no extra time in this competition uh, this year, uh, so it was uh, yeah looked like penalty would, uh, penalties would decide it, uh, but that wasn't to be, and it was Miles Quick. Uh, he managed to find enough space and time in the box uh, before driving the ball home. Uh, so a, a good. Good 2-1 win for Wellington away at Millbrook. Now, next, we'll move to the game that I was at. Mousel uh, entertaining First Division Wells City. Yeah, it's a little bit of a one-sided uh, clash from from well from, from the, uh, the the accounts I've seen anyway. Uh, obviously, a 4-0 win for the home side. And, uh, yeah, running out uh, pretty convincing winners, isn't it? Callum McConey, uh, he scored a hat-trick. A uh, couple of goals at the beginning of the second half really put this one to bed. And, uh, yeah... Well, pretty big home win for, for Mausall and uh, yeah, they progress at the expense of Wells. One-sided would certainly be the way that the scoreline would suggest, mm. but um, having watched the game, I mm-hmm. think um, Wells City can really hold their heads high because for large periods of the first half, indeed I was there for most of the first half, I missed the opening goal for Mausall, but I saw the rest of the action and I was incredibly impressed with the way that Wales City conducted themselves because they really put Mausel under pressure. If uh, if you were well if if you'd done what I did and you turned up um you know sort of a few minutes into the into the first half you would not have been able to tell which was the Western League first division side and which was the the Premier Division side and I think that's the greatest compliment that you can pay to Wales. I think that that, that the the storm blew itself out in the second half and uh, and Mausel did what they do best 
you know, which is take the game away from teams. But really, Wells did put in an incredibly good shift. And I know from speaking um, to the people at Mousel that they were really impressed with um, with the quality of their opposition. And that can, certainly at half time counted themselves rather lucky to be going in um, just ahead. So um, a great credit to Wells City there. And, and I'd like to take this opportunity um, to thank um, Darren Woodard, the, uh, the the secretary at Mousel, and Derek Haywood. Um, they were very hospitable. It was lovely to meet them. Um, it's not a, a short journey, as, as I'm sure that those supporters and indeed the players from Wells um, will testify to. But a great day was had by all. Um, certainly Mousel will have celebrated the victory, but I hope that, that Wells enjoyed a good um, journey home because they certainly deserved it. Uh, we will move on to the next game. And again, it was First Division, Oldland Abertonians, entertaining Premier Division, well, big boys, Helston <laughs> Athletic. Surely, Tom, there can be only one winner here. <laughs> That's how you'd think it would go, uh, but it but it wasn't to be. Uh, this was one of the one of the plen- many games that was uh, decided on spot kicks. Uh, Oldland managing to, to force... Uh, false extras uh, after a two-all draw in, in normal time. Uh, Ryan Turner's diving header had given uh, Helston a 28th-minute lead uh, before Casey Woodman uh, responded at the end of the first half to, to make it one-all. Uh, it was a bit of a worldie, I think, from uh, from all, all accounts, uh, that Woodman goal. It was then Helston's Mr Reliable, Stu Bowker, uh, 72nd minute. Uh, he put them back in front. And it probably looked like, as you say, uh, the Premier Division side would would come out on top. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Oldland managed to, to find a bit of bit of time and, uh, yeah, managed to force force a shootout. Uh, Frank Gingell uh, converting a cross from uh, Owen McCallum and, uh, yeah, sent the game to penalties where uh, Oldland did prevail, 5-3. Five, five, I think they were 100% from their uh, their five spot kicks. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to Oldland and, and they go through to the next round. They certainly do. And, um, obviously, regular listeners to the podcast will be, uh, will be familiar with the... Um the highlights that Helston produced, thanks to Mark Huckle at Pyron Films. And uh, on this occasion, of course, I mean, I'm sure Helston fans won't be particularly dwelling on Mark's coverage, but I really do hope that Oldland fans do, because it's um, a famous scalp for them to, to, to claim. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the, the highlights of this, and I think it'll be a very fond memory for the Oldland Abertonian fans, a really fantastic achievement. And I take my hat off to them. In fact, I did a little bit more than that because I thought this was the perfect opportunity to get on Paul Weeks to the podcast, the Oldland Abertonian manager. We haven't spoken to Paul before, so I thought this was a great way of introducing him to the Toolstation Western League family. Now, in my opinion, Oldland's victory over Helston was arguably the result of the weekend. But if there was anybody at Oldland Abertonians who thought that they... They could get a result against Premier League big boys' house, and they were probably alone. Although it turned out that they were absolutely right, and that's how I started my interview with Paul. Well, I'm delighted to welcome to the Tool Station Western League podcast Paul Weeks, the manager of Oldland Abertonians. And Paul, your result was arguably the result of the weekend. But if you thought that you could get a result against Helston, then you were probably the only person in the Western League who thought that. <laughs> um, listen, you've got to be in it, you? you've got to be in it, give yourself a chance. And we knew it was going to be a difficult game. Um, you know, they are where they are for a reason. They're, they're giving it a good go. They want to get into the Southern League. I know a couple of their players as well. Danny Harrison, for example, uh, played for me at Cinderford, my pub captain. Uh, lovely lad, good player. Um, 
good club, you know, they've got some good players and we knew it was going to be a really, really difficult game. And it's just about saying to the guys, look, you know, we're set up, uh, we're staying the game and give ourselves um, the best opportunity to, to grab that or snatch that late uh, winner. But we, we, yeah, we're chuffed to bits, we're chuffed to bits with the result and the performance. We didn't anticipate winning. Uh, we never expect to win games with football. You've got to work at it. And I think the lads give themselves a really good... Um, platform to push on again uh, and demonstrate to everyone in the club that they want to be at the club and that's the main thing we've got a good bunch of lads and they want to play for the club I mean I talk about it regularly on the, the podcast um, Helston produced some excellent video footage thanks to Mark Huckle at Pyron Films and of course yeah. Saturday was yeah. no different but one of the yeah. reasons I like to talk about that on the podcast is not so much for the fans of Helston or the clubs that yeah. have their own you know, videographer. Yeah, Actually, it's yeah. for people like yourself and your fans because that footage of the well, the game. Super. I mean, it was a it was a spirited Super. performance, but the the shootout as well. I mean, it's going to be yeah. a very special memory for your fans and your players, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and we value that footage. To be fair, and, and you know that's why we gave them permission um, to to do it. And why not? It's absolutely it, it, sense. It's professional. Okay, it's a, it's a little bit biased. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm rightly so. Um, but you know, because we were the winners, it, it, you know, it's, it's a fantastic uh, uh, reflection on the whole day. You know, it's good. You know, them turning up in the coach. Um, you know, the way the way that um, they conducted themselves, very professional. Like I said, the whole the whole day was captured from from you know off the field, on the field, and after the game as well. And I think it's credit to both sides. And I know we've had some great feedback from Helston as well. Great, good stuff. And that, that, that's a measurement of success in my book. Yeah, clearly they're disappointed. Clearly they think they should have won. But, you know, hey-ho, don't see goals if you want to win games of football. Um, you know, it, it's the way it was. And I think it was one of those days where um, special cup game, um, good performance from our guys. Yeah, they played well. And on another day, they might have scored four or five. I get it. But, hey, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. I think, you know, we, we've given ourselves a really good really good platform to push on again and then the video footage will stay in the archive for many a day for sure absolutely and I think one person who I, I'd like to think will be watching it over and over again is your goalkeeper because I mean that's yep. a performance that I you know I don't think I've seen the likes of that for a long time in the in the West yeah he's, 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 had, he's had a good day at the office Saturday and that's what we expect from our goalkeeper's mind because as you know I was an ex-keeper and uh, um, you know that's what they're there for you know he's had a difficult difficult few weeks to be fair to him um you know, he's got a lot on, lot on his plate personally. I know that for a fact. And I think playing in goal, you've got to be a tough character. You've got to take the rough with the smooth. But he has to enjoy that on Saturday. And, you know, he's got to, he's got to realise he's got to affect the game as a goalkeeper. You have to affect the game in a positive manner or try to affect the game. You're going to make mistakes in goal. We all know that. Um, and he's going to learn from that on Saturday. As much as he's played, uh, he's had off days uh, previously. and learned from those as well. But he'll learn from that on Saturday as well. And credit to the guy. Now, you've been drawn away to street in the next round. I mean, obviously, you'd have preferred to have been drawn at home, I, I assume. But, I mean, um, were you... Uh, maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the draw, to be fair. Um, Good. Uh, without getting complacent, I think, uh, you know, our guys are already thinking, oh, we can, we can win this. Of course, if we, if we can beat Helston, we can beat anybody. You know, that's the thing. And I think we just got to be mentally strong, though, and not expect to win a game of football or not get too familiar with its street, it's down the road. We know a couple of their players, they know a couple of ours. They'll probably come watch us a couple of times and vice versa. Sometimes playing against the unfamiliar teams, uh, in like, like in, in the previous round with um, Eastley in uh, California, is the unknown. And sometimes that can benefit some of our lads who overthink things sometimes, you know. Um, it's just about 
knuckling down, doing doing your doing your job, listening to the disciplines that we set them before the game, keeping good shape and working hard. And most of the time, things take care of themselves if you apply that sort of uh, uh, method, you know, and that approach. Now, normally we use these you know, these interviews as an opportunity to keep everybody's feet on the ground. But I, I can't yeah. help but sort of blow a little bit of smoke here because, I mean, what a season you've had! You're third in the league so far. Yeah. Is yeah. this where you thought you'd be when the season started? Um, look, Clayton and, and Steve and myself, Darren and Kev, we're, we're we're very ambitious individuals, and we always have been. We love the game. Um, but this is what we're here for. You know, we're, we're not here to. Com- you know, just to take part and fulfil fixtures. We want to. We want to win the league. We want to win the FA Cup. <laughs> Simple. If that happens or not, that's a different. That's a different conversation. But every single game, we go into it like it's our our first, if it's our last game of football. We really want to apply ourselves uh, in the right manner, off the pitch, on the pitch, etc. So, yeah, we've had a good start to the season. We we've dropped a few silly points. We've conceded a few silly goals, and that that might come round and, and bite us in the backside if you like. But. You know, we, we, we want to do the right stuff at the club. We're, we're doing everything right off the pitch. Clayton and Steve are working really, really hard to get that right. We've got, we got lots of chimney pots in the area. Um, it's a great platform for, um, you know, spectators to come and watch their football, for sure. And we, and we want to entertain. You know, we don't want to chase the game all the time. We want to stay in games of football. But there are times when we, we allow the lads to get the ball down, you know, play the best you can and have a licence to play and, and that's what we want the guys to do but so far so good lots lots to do though lots to do still I mean that entertainers tag is absolutely spot on isn't it because you have scored oh, yeah. you've scored an awful lot of goals this season but you we know have, you, yeah. you haven't had things all your own way have you I mean you know recently I suppose Pordis Head got the better of you and I mean that's yeah. always going to be the danger if you're you know a buccaneering side yeah I, I think <sighs> You're right. I mean, we, we don't. We, we're not gun ho. We're far from it. But um, we do want to entertain. We want our fullbacks getting on. Um, we want our middle three to, to get the ball in play. Um, and, we, and we do our best to entertain. I mean, anyone who comes and watches, if it's, if it's twenty, if it's a hundred watch, we, we want them to go away and think, mm, do you know what? That was really enjoyed the game. There's a you know good good curry after the game as well. We're, you know, we're playing, doing that side of things as well. Um, and I think how can I say this? It's just it's just we want to. We want to be on the front foot. That's what we want to do. There's, you know, there's a there's a there's a time when we need characters in the side. I weigh the Porter's head, for example. We need the characters in the side just to control the game and condition the opposition. Sometimes and say, "Look, here we go. You have the ball. I'll see what you do with it." But no, we wanted to go, go, and go again. You know, and sometimes we got caught. It's a big pitch down there. Um, some long balls over the top. They got a couple of big lads, mm. and we just didn't. We just didn't have the character in the in the team to. To, to win one nil, you know, to see the game out, um, and, and, and unfortunately we, we came away with nothing at the end of it, and we, and we did deserve it. Port thoroughly deserved the uh, uh, the three points, hundred percent. Well, let's talk about the two teams above you, Welton and Cheddar. Um, yeah. You've obviously played a fair few games this season. Are there any other sides that you think we need to keep an eye on this season? I mean, I'd be, I, I was surprised with British Telephones the second game in. I thought they, they played really well, played us really well. Um, maybe uh, uh, we did set up right. Um, they, 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 they took us by surprise. Uh, Tiver and Rocks away. Um, I thought they they were uh, a side they tried and you know young side um, made it very difficult for us. And that's 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 the character that we need in in, in our team to be able to deal with sides like that. So you know the the, the, the sides that try, we need to say, well, okay, you go and try. We condition you. And we stay in the game, so we, we tend to chase these games. So 
Tell about rocks and telephone. There, there are two games we played against them. They surprised me. Um, well, we're a good side. Uh, I think they're, they're well structured. And they're a strong side. I think Cheddar again well structured, um, and, and they, they, they got a they got a pattern of play. And they know how to play their game. Um, but apart from that, really, I haven't seen I haven't seen a lot that, that, that should should concern us. But like I said, we're still learning the game. I don't want to put any pressure on our guys whatsoever. We're still learning the way that we, we're playing and the way we want to play. And the guys still want to do it their way. Sometimes that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a hurdle they've got to get over. They can't always do it their own way individually. It's not about the, you know, about the individual players. It's about the club and about how we, as a team, can, uh, can combat the opposition. And on Saturday, the classic example, the lads stuck to their disciplines. We used our bench well. Uh, we had a plan. Uh, if we stayed in the game, obviously, if we're a three down on Saturday... <laughs> Different ball game, isn't it? But we stayed in the game, and that's so critical when you're playing against battle opposition. Now, you're away at Hengrove this weekend, and I, yep. I think it would be fair to say that they're the First Division's ultimate Jackal and Hyde team. So you can't yeah. take that game in, you know, for granted. No, it's it, always a tough game, is Hengrove, no matter how, well, which, which side we're playing against, if you like, it doesn't matter. They're, 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 they're a good bunch of lads as well. they got the togetherness up there. they they got a bunch of players that want to play for the club again. Um, so yeah, they're a difficult game. There's, there's no easy games. I mean, just it's just about preparation and just trying to. You know, I said I said oh, just the start of the season. When we're not going to lose this season, we're going to learn. And we, we if we're going to lose games, clearly we've got to learn from them. You know, that's the thing. And, and going into Hengrove on Saturday, we've got to take take Saturday away the, the Helston game and focus back on the Portishead game where we lost that game. Because you know we find ourselves wanting a little bit in, in against Portishead, and Hengrove will give us another tough tough challenge you know I think the more the more we're successful in these in these league games and obviously the cup game on Saturday the harder it's going to get you know clubs that used to think well we're playing old on Saturday it's going to be an easy game probably a three-pointer um, a, a banker on three points we've we've now come against sides that actually respect us more now so they're, they're actually raising their game as well now so we've got we got up our game you know so every every win we're going to we're going to be challenged I'm sure uh, you know with the opposition coming out guns blazing now, one final question for you, Paul, and this is a question I ask every manager the first time we speak on the podcast. Can you tell us about your footballing journey to the Oldland dugout? I've been uh, at a colourful um, history with regards to um, my football career, which ended, unfortunately, short short um, at the age of 31. But I've had, a, I've had a great experience on the way and picked up a lot of... Uh, experience with some good managers from Jerry Francis to Malcolm Allison to Dennis Roche um, at my time uh, Bristol Rovers and Bristol City etc and I spent most of my career uh, playing Southern League football but unfortunately at 31 I had, to, I had to come out of the game I fell into management I fell into it I didn't really look to um, get into it I fell into it the, the main clubs that I was at really was was almost retained in LA Prem and, and um, you know got them uh, into a position where they, they progress into the Southern League and I went to Sydney for time as a manager for five years but personal reasons I had to step away because it was very busy but my, obviously Clayton uh, and Steve um, and, and Darren are, are close friends of mine and with Kevin uh, Pollinger as well um, the coach there so we, we, we're very close as a group here and, um, so when Clayton decided to leave um, his previous club um, uh, Bocco and go to Oldland, it was a decision he made for the long term as a manager, but also to, to evolve into a chairman because uh, he really wants to you know, take the club into the Western League Prem and, and further afield. So he approached me, and like we say, we're, we're very close anyway, uh, personally, 
and, and me and Darren Seeley decided to take it on uh, this year where we want to use our experiences and our know-how if you like to, to help Clayton achieve his goals really so that that's, that was it in a nutshell it's, 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 it's quite a straightforward appointment from Clayton's point of view I think because he knows me as an individual personally and it's good that we're all together as a club because Saturdays are for enjoyment I get it I'm very competitive but it's always a pleasure to win a game but also drink with your mates after that's, that's, that's good you know, that's, that's a pleasure. So, so my path to Oldland was a group of us really got a project, really, to uh, evolve the club into, into a, a more of a force locally, but also regionally. And my thanks to Paul for his time. One final result to talk about in the FA Vars, and that is the uh, that is Tuffley Rovers against our very own street, and it was a good day for the Cobblers. Mm, massive win, yeah. Four-one victory for them away from home. Um, yeah, four different goal scorers as well, so it's always always a nice thing. Uh, and it, it, as you say, Cobblers running out on top. Um, Harry Foster, uh, he's generally on the score sheet for them, isn't he? He, was, he bagged another one uh, alongside goals from Jordan Leverbon, Carl Strange, and Ely Cube. So yeah, real good win for for Street on their travels on on Saturday. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Now we move into the Premier Division. We had three games um, to review, uh, three games going on in the Premier Division on Saturday, and we start our coverage um, with the game between Saltash United and Exmouth Town. Uh, a bumper crowd here, Tom. 178 saw this one, and it would have been the visitors that went home happy. Yeah, coming from behind in this one to to claim the three points. Uh, pretty rare home defeat uh, for Saltash, and uh, yeah, they started really well. Um, it was two minutes. Uh, into the game before uh, a, a drive from Alex Cairo uh, deflected in off a defender, giving, as I say, giving the Ashes a, a dream start, really. Uh, but it was then uh, Exmouth who managed to build their way back into the game. Morgan Cullen uh, drawing them level after 33 minutes with a lobbed finish. Uh, and then it was Mark Lever. Uh, he completed the turnaround early in the second half. <clears throat> uh, they had the opportunity, Exmouth, to, to make it 3-1 uh, about 20 minutes from time, Aaron Denny from the spot. Uh, but that was saved by Ryan Rickard. Uh, but uh, unfortunately for Saltash, uh, despite that, uh, that 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 spot kick save, uh, they weren't able to to push on and find an equaliser. So um, Exmouth running out two one winners away at Saltash. An excellent result, of course, for Exmouth Town. And one of the managers that I always really enjoy listening to on the podcast is Kevin Hill, the Exmouth manager. So, you know, 2-1 against Saltash away from home. I started off by asking Kev whether he was happy with that. Very delighted, to be honest, to be. They've had a great run of form lately. Obviously beating Shepton Mallet, then going and beating, obviously beating a couple of weeks before that, or drawing a bit or whatever it was, I'm beating. They also beat us at home with a last minute winner, 2 1, a couple of weeks before. So I'm going down there thinking I've got Salt Ash the next game rearranged and then Tavistock away. So you're thinking this could be tough. And to be fair, the lads showed up. So that was an excellent performance. 
Let's have a look back at a couple of your recent um, um, performances. I mean, you've had a couple of double headers, which is which is interesting. Um, we'll start off with the Ilfracombe one, and you know, on paper, it looks like um, Ilfracombe were the best of the of the two sides over the two games. Yeah, I, I, I can let you. They were. I said we were a bit like a Jekyll and Hyde this year, where even I don't know what sort of performance we're going to get. I know, I know we are, and I know a lot of people say we are a hard team to beat, especially at home, and we're organised and things like that, but to be fair, Ilford couldn't come at home, they did a job, and we couldn't score at home, and it ended up being 0-0, so then the following week, I've gone away, and I've actually had a few players come back, so my side was actually stronger, I'll be honest, but you go there, and to be fair, he told me what he'd done after, I'm not going to announce on here what tactics he'd done, he'd done after, but it just nullified us. We just couldn't get any, any rhythm going, and honestly, nobody looked like they were going to score. Yeah, they'd done the job. It looked like it could be a pan nil nil, and what it was a mistake with the keeper. They had a shot from about thirty yards. Our keeper went to pick it up, and it just went through his legs. But when a keeper makes mistakes, it's a goal. Yeah. So then we're then we're chasing the game, and you know what happens when you're chasing games. You got to lose two or three. You got to go for it, get the one back. You know what I mean? So and they caught us on the break two or three minutes in the end to make it 2-0 so but their game plan worked the treat then most recently you, you had a couple of games against Brislington um, now we'll start off with the, the victory you had at, at, at their place and I suppose from your perspective I mean we'll save their blushes a little bit because of the magnitude of the scoreline I mean and, and I think regular listeners to the podcast will know that Brislington have made a reputation for themselves in recent seasons as being a difficult team to beat for anybody on any given day. But you had a very strong win at their place, and I guess that was the best possible response after that defeat against Ilfracombe. Yeah, no, de- definitely. I'll say that you go in there, because I don't know what I do not expect. I know that when we played Brislington the week before, I think they got beat 7 0 by Bridgewater in the week, but obviously Bridgewater picked up a lot lately on that day. But it seemed to me at the time, if you ever look at Brisbane's uh, results, they were rather beaten, bitten or whatever it was. In, in, if they're in the game, and they're hard to beat. Yeah, if they've lost, you know, I'd say that at the time they had no draws if they lost, but suddenly they lost 8-1 or whatever it was to Saltash, 7-0 to Bridgewater. There was obviously something, but that might mean players out where they suddenly collapsed a little. So we, we got an early goal in the first minute. Yes, we might have had a couple of people missing in the first minute. Then we scored again a couple minutes later, so you like 2-0 up. And I give them credit, when they were 2-0 up, they were the better side for 10, 20 minutes. But they had one cleared off the line, but then suddenly a um, mistake from their keeper made it 3-0 and their heads went down then. And we scored literally straight after the 3-0 to make it 4-0 for half-time. And you could almost sense that the head's gone, our lads are up for it. I know you don't say it's over half-time, but 4-0, it felt very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Come out, come out, start the second half, and we literally score in a minute in the second half again to make it five. So, and it just escalated from there. But the scoreline, well, I don't put it exactly like eleven nil. Because I'm more worried we play them again in the twentieth. Because obviously that rearranged game from the other day, and I know that they signed a few more bit lads, and I know a couple more come out. So everybody thinks it's eleven nil. I know that we could be potentially on a lose. We could lose from own. Yeah. So I'm, I'm prepared. I'm not. I think it's going to be anything like that. I know they're going to be stronger. I know they're going to be better. I've just got to make sure my lads don't think it's going to just turn up because that will never happen or so we'll end up getting beat. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the the game, obviously, that was abandoned because <clears throat> it was something I was you know, interested to get your perspective on, really. We had a reminder, didn't we, about the perils of football 
at every level of the game, not just the professional game, but, you know, our level. And, and, and we're talking about even before the virus. I, I spoke about the injury to Kieran Proctor on last week's podcast. And I know he's not one of your players, but from your perspective, what was the, you know, what was the experience like of, of going to that game and having that injury and then having the game abandoned? I'll, I'll, be, honest, I'll be honest with you, first and foremost, as long as they're allowed to write, that's what comes. I almost give it like it was down to their their decision. If they, because they're the ones that have got to come back down here again, all right. And to me, I'm I'm a big believer. Your family comes first, thing comes yeah. first more than football. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm I'm like that. It comes first. They're the ones that have got to come back down here again. Obviously, it might affect everybody. You get the crowd in. I think they're friends or something. You want to carry it on because we want to keep our win run going. Yeah, but bear in mind, I, I didn't mean, I can go over and look at that. Tom Gardner, our guy, was brilliant, and the guys were helping out doing it. But it was one of them ones where you, you did look at the injury and he held his leg up and it just didn't look right. It was horrible. Obviously, I didn't go over and look at it because I don't like that sort of stuff. But anything we could do to help after, where there was a few people that were brilliant all around getting ready. But I was more than happy. Whatever they wanted to do, whether they wanted to stay, carry on, play, it was down to them, really. So let's look at the league table. Now, they say that the table doesn't lie, um, but you're in ninth, and, and that doesn't quite seem right to me. I don't think that you're the ninth best team in the Premier Division, do you? It's just it's that nice thing under the radar. It's <laughs> 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 so, exactly how we got into your league a couple of years ago in the Peninsula League. We were sitting there with games in hand, and everyone's beating everybody, and like you say, we've just sort Ash away. If we can get someone at Tavistock away... You know what I mean? We've got a few things and we just creep along because everybody's beating everybody and then suddenly we popped up just after Christmas with a run and it puts you right back in there. So, But no, but if you, if you look at it, I know anybody in that top 10, top 12 is quite competitive. You know, us, Malzol, your Helstons, your Bridgewaters, you know what I mean? Bittons, obviously, Sheptons, they're all there. Which I think this league's exciting. I actually think it's harder because you've got a few more teams in it that are trying, and I think it's the best league's been for a long time. I mean, one of the themes that we're getting on the podcast every week is managers are talking about the reality of sort of managing in the current climate, and perhaps it's not something that you've ever been faced with. It'd be interesting to get your thoughts, but we've had a situation where perhaps players, you know, have reassessed their relationship with football on a Saturday. Perhaps they wanted to go on holiday because we haven't been able to do that for a long time. We've even had players, of course, getting married because you haven't been able to do that for a while. So, I mean, what's it been like for you as a manager this season? It's, it's been difficult. I, I have got a squad, but there has been a couple of times in a couple of games I've actually gone to places with me on the sub and a another, like a second team, I believe. It's one of these scenarios. Somebody might go down here on the night, feeling a bit rough, under COVID test or whatever, in the early stages, that to sit out. And like you say, people can get married. And it's not just our team, it's something people get married during the season. They've not spent time with their families. And that, so when a break comes, like this weekend, it's a half term at school, you can't quite find out you've, and not just me, other clubs, that they've took their kids away for a week or something next weekend and then miss a game or whatever next weekend. So. It is frustrating as a manager, and I had it this week. You get up, and there's no fault of the wrong. Anyone happens, anyone gets sick, and there's problems and things. At seven o'clock in the morning, you're like, oh, you're thinking you've got a team, and then it's you're trying to rally around, get a team Saturday morning, and it it, it, is, it is stressful. But like I say, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world. I've done football all my life, and I love it. You know what I mean? So that's why I do it. <laughs> now you referred to it during this interview. You know a lot of the teams that have joined our league. 
um, better than most. So, I mean, when you, you know, not, notwithstanding what you've just said about player availability and COVID, what were your ambitions coming into this season? Obviously, everybody wants to say, because they looked at us over the last two COVID years, we come in the West, we, I think, finished third or third or whatever, or third or fourth, or being competitive up there. Yes, you could put us in, I'd say, if it's in the top five again, but I'm being realistic as a club, just say we were done really well, really well, and we were right up near the top. We got, we got to think: Are we ready? Because our facility is infinite. Ready? We look to go suddenly. I look to go suddenly. But we got to make sure we're right. You know what I mean? So, but like we said to the club, if we get a chance and suddenly we had a run and we were in the top two, or whatever it is, to get promoted, I think we'd go for it. You know what I mean? So, our, our aim is to secretly just—they've not put any expectations on me, which is nice. I still, I put it straight on myself, but I, I'll see it, engage it where we are, and play it down. But of course, at the end of the day, I want to be up there competing, finish high as possible for me. But I'm, I'm also mindful that there are, we could end up in the bottom half. Of, there's ten good teams, twelve good teams in this league now. They're all good teams, but you know what I mean? I said that top ten, twelve teams could still generally be in the top three by the end of the season, and that's down to us being, you said ninth. I think Miles old got game and us are tenth. It is competitive. Well, it certainly is, and they don't get more competitive than the game that you're you've got coming up next. You're away at the league leaders Tavistock. It's Friday night football. They don't get any bigger than this, do they, Kev? No, it's, it's, love it. Friday night football gives a weekend off. And to be fair, obviously I get on with Stu, their manager. He's phoned me up because they got Plymouth Parkway home on the Saturday, which is close to Tavistock, up Plymouth Argyle, so it just helps them with the crowd. But thinking about it, he, he did it and asked me, it helped me because it meant I had a player available. And he got a goalkeeper back, so I took it up straight away. But um, and it also gives the lads a weekend off, it also gives me a, a weekend spare to go watch football and actually, actually do some of my kids at the weekend. So that's how I looked at it. So the odd Friday night game, it's nice, but it gives me a weekend with my kids. And I asked all the lads, and it was brilliant. So, but I'm looking forward to it. Friday night, under lights, we're going to the league leaders. we got nothing to... Well, I'd say nothing to lose. We've got there. I always joke around with Stu that Tavistock tend to beat us up there, and we tend to beat them at home. So, I think the way the season's going this year, we might get some luck up there this Friday. I don't know. I'm hoping so. <laughs> and my thanks to Kev. For his time. Uh, one other game we're going to cover in the Premier Division is Shepton Mallet against Brislington. Now, Brislington, Tom, have been on the end of some rather heavy defeats this season. Mm. There were seven goals in this game. Surely the away side couldn't be the victor. <laughs> they managed to score four of those goals, so they were the, uh, yeah, they did run out winners. Uh, 4 3 win for them, I'd say, away at Shepton Mallet. And it was George Jones. He was very influential in this one for. For the away side, um, it was uh, him who who opened the scoring uh, after just 19 minutes uh, before Shepton hit back through through Jack Fillingham. Uh, Lewis Dunneffert then did restore Brittington's advantage uh, all inside half an hour. This was a good start to the game. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was Mallet uh, once again coming back into it. Uh, started the second second half on top and it was Tyrone Tucker-Dixon uh, managed to, to force home their equaliser. Uh, but it was then Jones who really took over the game in a in a in a three-minute spell, which which proved pretty pretty vital. Really, uh, he was fouled in the area uh, to to allow the uh, ever-reliable Simon Prangley to put them up 
three uh, two from the spot, uh, and then a couple of minutes later, it was Jones adding his second of the the afternoon to make it four two to the visitors. So obviously then, yeah, no, in a real position of strength with just about half an hour to go. Uh, but uh, Sheptomalik obviously had come back into the game a couple of times, and uh, yeah, they they started another fight back. Uh, Finn Haynes pulling a goal back. Uh, pretty late on, really, uh, but it, and it, yeah, they weren't weren't able to find enough time to to force an equaliser, unfortunately for the home side. But uh, yeah, Brissington, tough month I would say for them, but uh, ending it on a high. So uh, yeah, good good for them, and uh, yeah, pretty well, very decent crowd there on Saturday afternoon to watch that on. And we'll have a look into the first division. One game particularly that caught our eyes: a five-goal thriller between Lebec United and Bishop Sutton. Yeah, and some late drama as well. So it was a yeah, pretty pretty entertaining affair. I think this one, pretty similar to the uh, yeah the Mallet Prisonton game, really quite sort of back and forth. Uh, Oakland Buck uh, obviously doing what he does best, opening the scoring for for Sutton, uh, but then Lebec have got a, a, a pretty pretty sharp shooter uh, of their own. Uh, Cameron Brown, he's he's oh. among the, the leading scorers so far this season. He levelled affairs uh, pretty early on, so it's a it's a good another another game that that started like a house on fire, really. Uh, Jack Baber then scoring from a corner uh, to put the hosts ahead uh, before Jacob Reader uh, scored from a, from a pretty tight angle to, to draw a certain level on the hour mark. So it was, uh, it was all square. 2-2 going into the, the final uh, final knockings and it was uh, Lebeck who managed to eke out the, the late winner, uh, Sasha Tong, scoring the fifth and decisive goal of this game. And uh, yeah, they've Lebeck 3-2 winners over Bishop Sutton. Wow. Um, the <laughs> third week running, we've talked about Cameron Brown. Unbelievable. Uh, We will look now at the fixtures coming up uh, this week. Normally, of course, we'd start on Saturday, but we do like a bit of Friday night football, and we've got an absolute blockbuster, haven't we? Mm. This Friday, the 29th of October. Yeah, Devon Derby. I think it's uh, yeah just recently been announced that this one's moved forward, so as long as yeah, hopefully people are on top of that. And it's uh, Tavistock, league leaders, hosting Exmouth uh, down in ninth, but uh, obviously on a... Yeah, pretty pretty strong run, and obviously had a, a really good result on the weekend as well. So uh, yeah, there's a lot riding on this one, isn't there? I think it's the first time they've played each other this season. So uh, yeah, lots to look forward to, and as you say, potentially another another big Friday night crowd down there uh, uh, to to take in uh, Tavistock Exmouth. So I'm looking forward to that one. Absolutely, uh, some very interesting games uh, on on Saturday the 30th of October. We've got we've got Millbrook against Ilford Coombe. We've got Shepton Mallet entertaining uh, Mousel. Um, but the game I'm going for is Saltash United at home to Clevedon. Clevedon are going to have a bit of a trip there. Uh, and, of course, they're in new hands. Alex White taking over the team and um, starting life in very positive fashion with a, with a, with a strong win over Bridport. So I think that will be a, an entertaining and, uh, you know, classy affair there. So uh, that's where my value is in the Premier Division. Looking into the first division, Tom, which game tickles your fancy there? Ah, I've gone for, yeah, slightly slightly off the mark. Uh, Sherbourne, Bocco. Uh, neither of them are in particularly great form, um, you wouldn't say, for, for teams that are fifth and sixth in, in the table. So they're in the, uh, yeah, the top top few spots. But, uh, yeah, a win for either of them and results going else going their way elsewhere could, could potentially see one of them go up to second spot. So there's, uh, yeah, a fair bit riding on it. Uh, Sherbourne, uh, another draw on the weekend. I think they drew with Tiverington for the, the second weekend running. Uh, so, yeah, they're hosting Bocco, and I think, yeah, that'll be a pretty tasty affair, I think. And um, I'm going for league leaders, Welton Rovers, against Wing Canton Town. I've got a sneaking suspicion that Wing Canton are returning to mm. form, and I think we can safely say, Tom, that whoever 
is going to be the winner in that game. They will have needed to have been at the races. At the races. I knew you'd learn that. <laughs> now, the last place we're going is the leading goal scorers. And we did mm-hmm. the league tables um, last week. We'll do the league tables next week. But we do like a hot shot. So who are our top of the pops? So in the uh, the Premier Division, um, we have Dean Griffith still leading the way. But the, uh, the lead he had... Has, has been cut somewhat. He's still on 18 league goals. Uh, we've got Jack Taylor of Bridgewater, uh, always always up there, isn't he? He's got 17. Uh, and Liam Prynne of Tavistock, league leaders, uh, he's got 16. So that's our top three in the uh, the Prem at the moment. Uh, in the first division, we've got uh, Bailey Croom of Tibrington. Uh, he's on 16 league goals, so he's leading the way as as things stand. Uh, Oakland Buck, who we've, we've mentioned plenty of times this season for Bishop Sutton, he's got 15. Then a couple of chaps on, on 14, both scored on the weekend. I think Luke Bryan um, of Oddown and uh, Cameron Brown uh, of, of Lebec, um, as obviously you you picked out uh, during the roundup there. Uh, both on 14, as I say. And then Jake Slocum, uh, league leaders. Uh, he's there uh, well, and obviously he's their uh, top marksman so far with 13. So, yeah, plenty going on in the, uh, the goal-scoring stakes at the moment. Excellent. And, of course, as every week, there is plenty going on in your bulletin. Where can the mm-hmm. listeners find that? Plenty going on. Uh, that is on the uh, Tool Station Western League website. Uh, it's about halfway down the homepage. You can uh, download the, the the latest, and that comes out every week. Yeah, looking back and uh, uh, on the games that have happened, and, and looking forward to what's to come. So uh, yeah, plenty plenty in there as you say, and uh, yeah, all all, uh, all available on the website. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much indeed for your time. The witching hour is very nearly <laughs> upon us. Of course, this weekend we are. Looking forward to Halloween. Let's hope it's not a horror show for too many of our clubs. You'll find out on next week's Tool Station Western Podcast.